It is good to be with you today, all of you worshiping with us in person, and it's good to worship with all of you who are joining us online as well. Today we continue our sermon series that will take us through the summer. It's called Head Scratchers. We're looking at Jesus' surprising stories, the parables that he told to teach us about God's kingdom and to teach us as his followers how to see the world and how to operate within the world. Today I want to draw your attention to a very famous parable that is actually quite brief. So I want to give uh, some more context to it. I'm going to read Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 19 from the New Revised Standard Version, but we're going to really focus on verses 18 and 19, the parable of the mustard seed. And the title of my sermon is The Mustard Seed Kingdom. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed... When the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he had laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman... A daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and became a tree, 
and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. At the beginning of Luke 13, Jesus tells a story about a tower that fell in Jerusalem, killing 18 people. These people weren't any worse sinners than anybody else living in the area. The tower falling on them was not God uh, punishing them for excessive or especially bad sin. It just happened. A little later in Luke 13, Jesus heals a woman who had been crippled for 18 years. Luke ties these two stories together with the number 18. In the first story, a tower falls and 18 people die as a result. In the second story, Jesus heals one person from 18 years of misery. Viewing these two stories together begs the question, what kind of difference was Jesus really making while he was walking the earth? I mean, wouldn't he have made a bigger difference if he had saved the 18 instead of the one? Or... Better yet, wouldn't it have been great if he had saved all 19 of them? Instead, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world is apparently getting beat 18 to 1 in this chapter. That's enough to make you want to hang your head. However, after Jesus heals the woman... He says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The mustard seed was famous in the ancient world for its incredibly small size. Its diameter measures less than a tenth of an inch. 750 mustard seeds put together weigh only a single gram. So basically, Jesus says, the rule of Almighty God, the reign of the Most High, is like a teeny, tiny seed. God's reign is not like that skyscraping tower that looked over Jerusalem and fell on 18 people. God's reign is like Jesus healing one woman, kingdom is small, but it grants abundant life. The kingdom is diminutive, but it offers healing love. The kingdom is humble, but it brings salvation. 
Jesus had to tell his followers about the humbleness of God's kingdom because they were on their way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, where Jesus would enter, not on a conquering war horse, but on a little donkey. Jerusalem, where Jesus would teach that the great one is not the one who rules, but the one who serves. Jerusalem, where Jesus would take his place, not on a lofty throne, but on a lowly cross. Jesus embodied a kingdom of power in weakness. Jesus embodied a kingdom of greatness in meekness. So even while 18 people are dying for no good reason, God's kingdom is busy healing one woman. She had a particular infirmity, you know. An evil spirit had kept her bent over for 18 arduous years. She was the very picture of discouragement. But when Jesus touched her, she stood up straight and began praising God. This is an image of what the mustard seed parable is supposed to do for us. Just as Jesus touched the woman to help her stand up straight physically, he tells the parable to help us stand up straight spiritually. The parable is meant to encourage our spirits. The parable is intended to lift up our souls in a rough world that often makes us want to hang our heads. This parable helps us to stand up straight. But preachers, someone will ask, what's so encouraging about the kingdom of God being like a microscopic seed? Bible scholar Frederick Dale Bruner explains, while it is characteristic of all seeds to be small, it is their characteristic also to be alive. Indeed, the kingdom of God is little, but it's alive. Even in modern times, when evil and Suffering pervade our existence. God is busy working for the good. Yes, God's kingdom is still alive. And it still shows up in a mustard seed kind of way. For example, in the throes of war, there are always too many casualties. Yet preaching scholar Thomas Long tells the story of one particular combat helicopter pilot. In a war on foreign soil, this young man was flying a routine patrol over a village when from the air he noticed a group of his own compatriots attacking a group of civilians that were unarmed, civilians including children and elderly persons. In the heat of the moment, this young pilot gathered his courage and landed his helicopter between his own countrymen and the remaining civilians. He ordered his comrades to stop their attack 
And then he called for other helicopters to come and take the injured villagers to nearby hospitals so that they could receive treatment. This young man saved dozens of lives with his courageous actions. Did he put an end to all war on earth? No. But the mustard seed kingdom showed up. In inner city Chicago a few years ago, rival gangs were warring against each other in two particular housing projects. An elementary school was located between these projects, and one day some school children were shot and killed in the crossfire. After that, the gunfire continued, and kids, understandably, were afraid to go to school. It got so bad that the school's attendance rate dropped to 20%. Politicians were not motivated to help with this problem in the projects, so a local church called Progressive Community Church decided to take action. Under the leadership of Pastor B. Herbert Martin, volunteers from the church became walking school buses. They went to the children's homes each morning and met them at their door and walked them door to door from their home to the school, shielding them with their own bodies, protecting them all the way to class. These church members were willing possibly to take a bullet so that kids they didn't even know could get an education. Their efforts were so effective that over time the school's attendance rate increased from 20% to 98%. Did these walking school buses put an end to all gang violence in America? No. But the mustard seed kingdom showed up. A seminary class convened in the Appalachian Mountains because a local minister there was going to teach the aspiring ministers what ministry is like in a poverty-stricken rural area. His lecture, however, was interrupted by a phone call early on. A family in the community, their furnace had blown, and they could not afford to have it fixed. So they had called the church asking for help. The students in the class found out about the phone call and started passing a hat around the room. And as the minister continued with his lecture, they passed the hat around, taking up a collection. And by the end of the session, they had amassed enough money to have the family's furnace repaired. Did this eradicate all poverty in Appalachia? No. But the mustard seed kingdom showed up. There are millions of lonely people living around the world. But I knew one lady in North Carolina who visited the homebound members of her community every month. That's the mustard seed kingdom. There are thousands of people across our nation that are hungry, struggling with food insecurity, but this week someone will drop off some items for a local food ministry, perhaps for our own loaves and fishes food pantry ministry here at Second Baptist Church of Richmond. That's the mustard seed kingdom. There are too many people that still don't have a decent home, a decent place to lay their head at night 
But this month, construction will begin on another Habitat for Humanity house. That's the mustard seed kingdom. People sometimes think that they have to do these big things for God. And big things can be great. But if we make a difference, a holy difference, in one person's life, we are making a kingdom-sized impact. God's kingdom is little but it's alive. God's kingdom is tiny, but it's alive. God's rule is minuscule, but it's alive. Still, we must ask if it's enough. Is the mustard seed kingdom enough? No. Honestly, it's not. For one freezing family to be warm at night is not enough. We want warmth for all families. For one neighborhood to be safe from violence is not enough. We want all neighborhoods to be safe. For one village to be spared in a brutal war is not enough. We want peace for all nations. Jesus knows that ultimately the mustard seed kingdom is not enough. Yet he tells how the mustard seed will one day become a tree where the birds of the air can nest in its ample branches. Here, Jesus is using imagery from the Old Testament. More specifically, the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 17, envisions God's ultimate kingdom as a gigantic tree where all kinds of birds can nest together in serenity. The birds symbolize people of all nations. One day, says Jesus, the mustard seed will miraculously become a gigantic tree where all nations shall dwell together in perfect peace. Is the mustard seed kingdom enough? No, but it is enough to keep us going in our faith. Because although people are still dying for no good reason, when we help one person toward life abundant, we are participating in God's eternal kingdom. When we touch someone's life in a healing way, we are participating in God's eternal rule. When we work to make justice and righteousness and peace happen, even if it's on a relatively small scale, we are participating in God's eternal reign. The seed has been planted. The kingdom of God is little, but it's alive. And in the future, God will transform the living seed into a gigantic tree where all nations shall dwell together in peace. One day, 
God's reign shall reign. One day, God's rule shall rule. One day, God's kingdom shall overtake all the kingdoms of this world. One day, God's will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. And until that day comes while evil towers over us, Christ has given us reason to have faith Faith that changes things. Faith that makes a real difference. Faith that can move mountains. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Amen.